0: well good morning basement how you doing you good hey do you like who you're sitting next to today you like who you're sitting next to some of you just hesitated you got some explaining to do on the minivan ride home um hey before we get going today i got um two promises for you today number one we're gonna have some fun if that's okay with you is that is that okay with you Okay, I'm, I'm down to have fun if you're down to have fun. So we're going to have some fun. My second promise today is we're going to get done on time because football is on today. Come on, somebody. And if you're new here, hi, my name is Joel, and I'm a Ravens fan. And, and even listen, even though we got Steelers fans in the house, and we have Patriots fans, and we have... Philadelphia Eagles fans, every time those Eagles fans do that to me, even though we're a house divided, okay, no matter who you're rooting for, no matter what brought you to church today, I am so, so, so glad that you're hanging out with us. Some of you, you're back for the first time. Who's back for the first time? Look at this. You're back for the first time. I love it. Thank you guys. It's, it's just good to be in the basement, right? And so, thank you guys for being back. I want to just welcome everybody that's online right now. Um, here's some people who have been watching this morning. RJ already sends me a text of who's watching right now. So, Chad Travis in Fort Lauderdale. So, he has your family right over here, Chad. So, Chad is watching us. Linda Walsh, I think you're in Lewis. What's up, Linda? Uh, Miss Pat Morgan is watching, and so can we just get rowdier for our online family than our football team today? Let's give it up for our online family. Yes, Chad, Miss Pat, Linda. All right. Wasn't the music good today? It's good. We didn't have the lyrics for a lot of it, so I was like, I'm glad I had a face mask on so you could see that. I didn't know all the, you know, the lines, but I'm so thankful for our band. Um, anyway, hey, we're in this series called Keep Your Head Up. And isn't it a good time to keep your head up right now? I mean, I, I feel like everywhere I look, there is bad news, there's negativity, there's face masks. Who knew that in 2020 you'd have to match your face mask to your church outfit? Anybody know that? Did anybody see that coming? And so, like, if there's any year, I could hit the reset button on a year. Okay, I'm hitting. Who's press, pushing it on this year? Just push the button. Just push the button. If your kid's school got canceled in March, okay, like put, you're pushing all the buttons. You're like, I'm going to reset it, please. But this whole series is about keeping your head up. And if you're a Jesus follower, we have one really great reason to keep our head up, and his name is Jesus, right? And so I hope you've been enjoying this series, and uh, we're getting near to the end of it. And today I want to talk to you about getting your passion back. Everybody say passion passion so um how many of you are passionate about gardening like you you garden no no, wait okay somebody stood up in the back my goodness okay just wait (laughs) going to dinner at olive garden does not count I'm talking like you grow something you like you you have a garden a big garden a small garden you're into gardening let me see your hands if you're into gardening all the people who garden are in the back the front you all lazy or something so how many of you, are, you're like me, you don't really garden, but you like to be friends with people who do garden, so they can do the hard work and you can get all the produce. How many of you are into that? Yeah, oh, all us lazy people right here. Um, so a few years ago, um, Stacy and I, we got super psyched about gardening. And when I say Stacy and I, I mainly mean Stacy. But I had skin in the game, okay, because I made the most unbelievable garden box you have ever seen. And when I say unbelievable, I mean I found like four random pieces of wood and six random screws, and I like screwed them in sideways. But I made a garden box, people. And then we filled the garden box up with like horse manure. It was like the richest dirt you've ever smelled or bought. Okay, it's super expensive this stuff, and so. Um, but but we we mainly Stacy had a dream, and the dream was to have zucchini. Cucumbers, tomatoes, kale, come on, kale. And so we had the garden box, we got the rich manure, uh, the horse manure. We went to Lowe's and we got all the seeds and we got the seed holder thingy, which kind of looked like egg crates. I don't know anything about this, but it looked like egg crates. And so we, we planted all the seeds in there, and, and each step we got more and more sight. okay? And, and when we planted it all in the egg, egg crates, because we're going to start growing them inside of our house first, we're like, w- we garden. We're, we're like, we're basically farmers now, okay? Because we garden, and we got this stuff in the house, and so we got the horse manure, we had the garden box, and we started growing things, and eventually, guys, we got sprouts. Sprouts! I'm like, we got Sprouts! And, like, I was starting to get hyped now. Like, for the first time in my life, I was like, I can't wait to eat kale. And so we had sprouts. We had stuff coming up. And so like what we would do is every afternoon, we, 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 like, we were so into our, our sprouts. Like, we would name them. We're like, this is cuke. For cucumber, okay, like I'm gonna eat cute. And so like we had all these sprouts coming up, and every day we would put the 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 seed thingy in front of the front door because the there was sunlight that would come in the front door, and like me and Stacey would just stand there and like watch our kids, you know, cute growing, you know. And and we love these 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 sprouts until one day we put the sprouts down in front of the front door. This is a true stories. One afternoon, we put the sprouts down in the front in front of the front door. And I walked away and later I came back to check on my kids, my, my sprouts, because we were in deep, you know, these were our kids, these are this was cute. And there were no sprouts in there anymore. All of them were gone. And I'm like, cute didn't just disappear. Where's the sprout, where did they go? True sure story, I look over. And my sweet little seven pound Cheweenie dog. He had a sprout in his teeth. And my dog literally ate the entire garden, the whole thing. And I took a picture of him right after he did it. you want to see the picture? Okay, here's the picture right afterwards. Do you see the shame? Have you ever seen your dog with this look on its face? You know they've done something wrong, okay? Eli ate all of our sprouts. He had sprouts in his teeth. And so we were still so passionate about gardening that we planted seeds again. We got sprouts again. And guess who ate the sprouts Again. Eli, and that, at that point, I took my little garden box, and I threw it in the woods, and I'm like, I'm never gardening again. And we haven't gardened since, have we? <laughs> and so, like, we, my point is, we were so passionate about gardening, but we, I, we lost our passion, okay? Now, Stacey has started to get her passion back for gardening. I am not there, church. I am, you, you can just bless the pastor with your produce. I will take whatever you guys grow. But I told you all that. Because sometimes we can lose our passion about things in life, right? Like like we can lose our passion for gardening, hello. Or we can lose our passion for work, hello, hello. We can lose our passion uh, at home. We can lose our passion in our marriage. We can lose our passion for Jesus. And, And can't you remember when you were still psyched about that job you've lost your passion in? Some are like, no, 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 I can't give me another example. Okay, maybe maybe another example. C- can't you remember when you're still psyched about your boo, your honey bunches, the barbecue sauce on your ribs, your your your, your boo thing? Like, you remember when the, the relationship started and you were passionate about it? And maybe you remember when you were passionate at work, you were passionate in your marriage, you were passionate for Jesus, you were passionate for the Washington football team. <laughs> it's a rough road, Washington. Anyway. But what happens, what happens in life is that somewhere along the way we lose our passion because something eats our sprouts. And we lose our passion, we lose our enthusiasm. So I'm calling today's message Get Your Enthusiasm Back. Get Your Enthusiasm Back. So if you're sitting next to somebody, you know, just look at them and enthusiastically say, You got some sprouts in your teeth. You got some sprouts in your teeth? I know you can't do that because of face masks, but you do something. One good thing about face masks is you can't see if there are sprouts in your teeth. Anyway, get your enthusiasm back. Have you noticed there's two different types of people? There's, and we'll, we'll put this on the screen because this, this is important. There are people who let their circumstances influence their enthusiasm. And there are people who use their enthusiasm to influence their circumstances there are two types of people there are people who let their circumstances influence their enthusiasm and there are people who use who use their enthusiasm to influence their circumstances in other words there's some of us who we let what's going on around us shape our perspective right like like COVID-19 I'm my kid's homeschool teacher again Uh, I got to wear a face mask. Um, My dog ate all my sprouts. Work stinks. And we can let what's going on around us shape our perspective or or we can use our enthusiasm inside of us to shape our perspective. Like, hey, COVID-19, I'm never going to take my health for granted ever again, right? Or I'm my kid's homeschool teacher. I'm going to teach my kid how to read. Or I get to wear a face mask, which means you all can't smell my bad breath. (laughs) Or, hey, I get to to go to my job. I have a job to go to. Or my dog ate my sprouts. My dog's a vegan now. That's healthy. (laughs) We can use the enthusiasm inside of us to shape our perspective. Did you know what enthusiasm means? Enthusiasm comes from two Greek words. The first Greek word is on, even though it's spelled E N, but on. The second Greek word is theos. And on means in. Everybody say in. in. Type it in. All right. In. On means in. Theos means God. Everybody say God. All right. This is big. We'll, we'll put this on the screen. This means that enthusiasm or on theos means in God, filled with God. That's pretty cool, right? And here's why I love this. I love this because it means that our circumstances don't have to shape our enthusiasm. Our Creator can shape our enthusiasm. It means that our enthusiasm doesn't have to come from when things are good in our life or when things are bad in our life. But our enthusiasm can come from our good God. Are you with me? Let me show you what um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, Paul said, but thank God. Everybody say, thank God. God. It's a good way to start off a verse. Thank God. And this is so good. He, God, gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm going to read that again because I think somebody other than Tim is going to get a little passionate about how good these words are right here. But thank God because he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news, right? So my dear brothers and sisters in the basement and on the Facebook machine. Be strong and immovable. Always work, help me out church, enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that, and this is why this is so big. Because this is going to bring everybody into this. For you know that nothing you do. For the Lord is ever useless. Are, are, you a, are you a small business owner? Are you a, a Bayshore volunteer? Are you a stay-at-home mom? Are you a, are you a cat mom? Right there. Are you a, a Comcast technician? Are you an engineer? Are you like, whatever you are, work at it enthusiastically because we know that nothing that we do for the Lord is ever useless. Which means, and we'll put this on the screen, it means that it's not what you do that makes it meaningful, it's who you do it for. It's not what you do that makes it meaningful, it's who you do it for. Let, let, me, let me give you an example. Um, Stacey and I, a few years ago, we got fancy electric toothbrushes. This is what you do when you're middle-aged, Okay. If you're a teenager, listen, eventually when you get some extra money, you're not going to spend your extra money on smart, cool, smart watches. You're going to buy a smart toothbrush, okay? This is, this is your future. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> to the dental hygienist in the back of the room, okay? <laughs> so anyway, how many of you have, a, you have a, a, an electric toothbrush? you got the fancy toothbrush. <laughs> All the old people in the room, right? <laughs> Chrissy's happy. There's a lot of us, okay? This is good. So we got these fancy electric toothbrushes, and, um, and Stacy and I, up until Friday night, we, we, every night we, we go to bed at the same time, and we use the same sink to brush our teeth. Everybody say, oh Aw. Brush together, use the same sink. But every time I brush my teeth, I like the water to be on cold, because I'm normal. <laughs> Stacy wants the water to be on hot, 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 because she is weird, weird, weird. And so I don't really understand that. And so um, uh, for the longest time, I didn't really like enjoy turning the water from, because I'm always in there first, to, to turn the water from, from cold to hot. Until the other day, she told me that she, she really likes it when I turn the water to hot for her. And I thought, well, since my wife is hot, <laughs> then I'm going to enthusiastically start turning the water to hot for her. And so this week, I tried it a couple times like it a hundred percent but I tried it a couple times whenever we were brushing teeth first I put it on cold you know got to get me first okay got the the water on my toothp- toothbrush and then I would enthusiastically and with flair I would turn it to hot and I would wait for the hot and I'd feel the hot and I'd wink at my hot wife so I would turn it to hot I'd wait for the hot I'd feel the hot I wink at my hot wife okay come on do it with me okay you turn it to hot you wait for the hot, you feel the hot, you wake at your hot wife. Okay, like that's, that's what I did, okay? And like it's not what I do that makes it meaningful, it's who I do it for, right? And then we'd go to bed and things would be enthusiastic. That's all I'm going to say about that. The husbands are like, I'm taking, these, these are good, this is, uh, turn to hot, wait for the hot, okay, this is good stuff. <laughs> but it's not what you, see, kids' church is open. You can, anyway, so it's not what you do that makes it meaningful, it's who you do it for. And so what that means is, is if you do it enthusiastically and you do it for the Lord, then nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And, and when you have that mentality, it can transform something that's mundane that you do into something meaningful. L- let, me, let me give you an example because I've, I've seen this. Um, at the food line in Millsboro, there used to be a cashier who was the most enthusiastic cashier in a grocery store you've ever met. And, and I don't know about you, but like being a, a grocery store cashier is not like the, the top of my list of exciting jobs, right? I mean, especially during COVID-19, because like you're basically in a, a plexiglass cage and you have to touch food all day long that you're not allowed to eat. Not exciting, Right. But this lady was so enthusiastic in the grocery store because like, whenever you would go to her, and, and I would always make sure I went in her line. It didn't matter if there was like a cat mom in front of me with 75 bags of catnip. I'm like, I'm going to go to the enthusiastic cashier in her line because she's very excitable. So you would go to her line, and she would sing to you when you would get up, get up to her. And she would be like, Hey, sir, in the black shirt, how you doing today? And then the first time, I was like, It's, it's me she's singing to me and, and she would be like hey sir look so you got yourself some fresh produce nice pick on the kale what did your dog eat all your sprouts like she was she didn't say that part but she would just she just sing you and she would swipe the barcodes with with flair okay like like she would get your double stuff oreos because that's the only kind of oreos you eat okay and she'd be like whoo double stuff oreos I'm going to put the bananas in number 75048 or whatever like and she was just like and I would be in the line with her and I'd be like where why is she so enthusiastic? Like where is this coming from until one day I said to her I was like, "Hey ma'am, you have a good day." She did all her swinging and all her flair and all that. And and I said, "Have a have a good day." And she said, "You have a good day too today, sir, in the black shirt. And may God bless you today." And then I looked and she had a cross pinned on her Her little collar, her fruit line collar thing there. And I thought to myself, I know why she's so happy. She's a cashier for Jesus or whatever, you know, like. But how do you transform something that's mundane into something meaningful? You work at it enthusiastically whether you're a grocery store clerk or whatever you do, because nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Okay, that means that can give you enthusiasm. It doesn't matter if you're a contractor or a nurse. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom. It doesn't matter if you're a dad or a a rich college kid or a poor college kid. It doesn't matter if you're retired. It It doesn't matter if you do everything enthusiastically for the Lord. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And so that means whatever we do, we should be enthusiastic because enthusiasm means filled with God. And that can happen where? Anywhere. Anywhere. But sometimes we can lose our enthusiasm. What do we do when we have enthusiasm but we lose it? Can can I tell you about a guy named David? Can I tell you about a guy named David? Okay. One person said yes. I'm going to go with it. So David is one of the most famous people in the Bible. And even if you're not a Jesus person, you know who David is, okay? Because David and Goliath, you heard of David and Goliath, same David. That's who we're talking about. And so David, uh, as a kid, he was a shepherd. As a a, a man, he was a king. But as a kid, David was like the most enthusiastic kid ever. He had enthusiasm like coming out of his ears. Because um, an example of that is when he was a kid, a shepherd kid, David was a shepherd kid. The Philistine army was at war against the Israelite army. And back in biblical times, one way that that battles were solved and resolved was that one army would send out one representative from their army, and another army would send out another representative from their army, and those two would fight. And whoever won that battle, the one-on-one battle, all right, whoever they fought to the death, whoever won that battle would win the big battle. And so one-on-one, and that would determine the winner of the big battle. And so when the Israelites and the Philistines were going at it um, in this particular battle, the Philistines picked out their representative to fight for them, and their representative was Goliath. And Goliath was big. Like, big, big. Like, butch in the back of the room, big. Like, butch times two, big. Okay, like, big, butch. Okay, this is big. Goliath was big. Big. But the Israelites didn't have a representative for them. And all of David's older brothers were actually in the Israelite army, and so they didn't want to, anything to do with Big Butch, with, the, uh, with, the, um, with Goliath. And so one day, little shepherd boy David was bringing lunch to his older brothers at, at, in the Israelite army. Okay, So he was like, David was Uber Eats, bringing the food. And when he got there, he heard this Goliath trash-talking everybody. And he's a shepherd kid. And I just want you to hear the enthusiasm in how shepherd kid David responded to Goliath. It's in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. David replied to the Philistine, to Goliath. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And listen to this. Shepherd boy David. And I will kill you and cut off your head. All the men in the room. Come on. Like, ooh, it's getting good. (laughs) It's getting better. Hold on, okay. Because he says, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. Oh, come on. This is like Braveheart in here. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Can you hear his enthusiasm? Can you feel his enthusiasm? Okay, this this is some God confidence that he has. This is on Theos. This is filled with God. And and his enthusiasm isn't based on his circumstances. I mean, he's got big Goliath trying to kill him. Not good circumstances. So where did David's enthusiasm come from? Where, Where does your enthusiasm come from when you're a grocery store cashier? Here's where I think David's enthusiasm came from, and here's where I think that grocery store cashier's enthusiasm came from. We'll put this on the screen. David, he trusted God daily, he walked with God daily, and he worshiped God daily. And the key word is daily, daily, okay? And let me explain this just real quick, real quick. Okay, he trusted God daily. When, when um, David was a shepherd kid before the Goliath situation, one time he was out with his sheep, and a bear came to attack his sheep and David. And David found strength in the Lord, and he killed that bear. And after that, he started trusting God daily. That's why he was so confident in the face of Goliath. So he trusted God daily. He walked with God daily. This is the guy who wrote, wrote Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. His rod and his staff, like the whole Psalm 23, that is David who wrote that. He trusted God daily, he walked with God daily, he worshipped God daily. One, One time they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant into his hometown, and in the Old Testament the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence. And David got rowdy in worship. Okay, like today, I know, like some of you maybe weren't rowdy. Some of you were like maybe carrying some pancake plates, you know, like this. David, he got rowdy. In fact, he was like even taking off his clothes. He was so rowdy. Now, I don't want anybody to do that here next Sunday. But he was so rowdy, his wife was embarrassed of him. Okay, so he trusted God daily. He walked with God daily. He worshiped God daily. And my point is this, David did the same thing every day daily. He did these things every day. Now, when I was a kid growing up, um, my family had a 19-inch RCA tube TV. How many of you remember tube TVs? Oh, yeah. All right, all the people with electric toothbrushes. Um, <laughs> and, and, we, and, and back in 1987, if you had a tube TV, like a 19, or 19-inch tube TV, you were basically living the dream. All right, this was, was a nice TV back in the day. And, um, but there was a rule in my house, Whenever my dad was home, who got to hold the controller? Dad, dad okay? Because, men, we love the rem- We are enthusiastic about the remote, right? We have control issues about the controller. And so, like, my dad, he, he would be the one who was allowed to hold or he got to hold the mic. We weren't allowed to hold it. And so that meant we had to watch what he wanted to watch. My dad, okay? And my dad, he had all these, like, favorite people to watch movies of, okay? So, like, my dad loves Steve Martin. And so we would watch Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and we would watch Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, the TV version, because my dad's a pastor, people. My dad loved Harrison Ford, and so we would watch Indiana Jones and The Fugitive. Come on. Uh, my, My dad was into Michael J. Fox, so he introduced me to the greatest movie of all time, Back to the Future. Don't even argue with me, greatest movie ever. Um, we watched Julia Roberts movies because dad said that she was a really good actress. <laughs> I'm not sure that was the real reason, dad. Anyway, that's going to get me in trouble. Let's move on. Um, my dad loved Bill Murray. And so, like, we, we watched these Bill Murray movies like Groundhog's Day. Who remembers Groundhog's Day? I mean, talk about a movie I'm enthusiastic about. That movie I am enthusiastic about. Stacy is also enthusiastic about it. She hates that movie, all right? Worst movie ever. She doesn't like Bill Murray, all right? She doesn't like, what about Bob? I don't really know what happened here, okay? It's not, it's a little confused. But you remember the, the Groundhog Day movie? Like, Bill Murray, if you don't know the movie, he was kind of like stuck in a loop. Every day he woke up, it was, it was Groundhog Day, and he woke up. He was a weatherman. He was in puxatani Pennsylvania. And every day the, the, the alarm clock would hit 6 o'clock and the radio would come on. And it's like, it's Groundhog's Day. And then he'd run into Ned Ryerson on the road. And then he would step in the same pothole. You, you remember all this? He was stuck in a loop every day. Everybody say, every day. every day. And so he did the same things every day. And so the same thing with David. He was stuck in a loop. Every day. Daily. And I think that's where his spiritual enthusiasm came from. Because he trusted God, he walked with God, he worshipped God. He trusted God, he walked with God, he worshipped God. He trusted God, he walked with God, he worshipped God. And he was just kind of in like, in like Groundhog's Day. And I know I was just kind of like busting on my dad. But I watched my dad be in that same loop as a kid growing up. Because every morning um, growing up, I'd walk out into our living room, and we had, um, we had this sitting chair that had pineapple accents on it. In 1987, you had pineapple accents on things. And I would walk out in my living room, and my dad, I'd see him sitting in that pineapple chair reading his Bible every morning. Or he would be turned around in the chair, and he'd be on his knees, and he would be praying. And I watched my dad do that my, my whole childhood. I, I watched my dad worship my whole childhood because my dad, um, he had a record player. Kids, you can ask your parents what that is. But he had a record player, and he had all these, like, 1970s Christian albums. And at nighttime, he would turn on his record player throughout the entire house, and he'd walk around like this. And it, like, freaked me out as a kid, cause, mainly because the music was bad. I mean, it was bad, bad. I am mean, bad, bad, all right? So anyway, but I watched my dad like do that and be stuck in a loop every day. And, and my dad still does those same things. He wakes up, he reads his Bible, and he prays, and he listens to really bad. Now he doesn't have a record player. He just watches this stuff on YouTube, and it's really bad. But he just does the same thing every day. And David was stuck in that same loop. And if you want to pour enthusiasm out of you every day, you got to pour God into you every day. If you want to pour enthusiasm out every day, you got to pour God in every day. You can't just come to church once a week. And I love it that you do that. You you can't just pray once a week when you're like, you pull into the church parking lot, like, oh, Lord, help us to get one of the spots in front of Castle I don't want to park down a giant today. I had to do that two weeks ago, and I didn't register last week because I didn't want to walk. Like, And you just can't do those things once a day because enthusiasm means to be filled, to be filled, to be filled with God. He trusted God, he walked with God, and he worshipped God daily. But David ended up losing that loop. And David stopped trusting God, he stopped walking with God, and he stopped worshipping God. When he was a king, here's what happened. It says in the Bible that when kings were supposed to go to war, David stayed home. And he was a king, and he stayed home, and he was walking on his roof. And when he was walking on his roof, he saw this uh, married woman taking a shower, and she was naked. I don't know how you take a shower. She's <laughs> trying to break the tension. Anyway. But he had an affair with her, and then he ended up having her husband killed. And here's what I, here's what I think happened. He lost his enthusiasm. And what I think happened, and we'll put this on the, on the screen, as a kid... David ran enthusiastically in the battle to serve his God. But as a king, he walked aimlessly on a roof to serve his comfort. As a kid, he ran enthusiastically in the battle to serve his God. But as a king, he walked aimlessly on his roof to serve his comfort. In other words, he chose daily comfort over daily commitment. And if you've lost some spiritual enthusiasm, let let, let me just ask you this, and we'll, we'll put this on the screen. What could you start doing today to choose daily commitment over daily comfort? What could you start doing today to choose daily commitment over daily comfort? In other words, how can you get in a loop again? Like, like for instance, okay, um, maybe what you could do is you could shut down Facebook for 20 minutes a day and you could get in God's book for 20 minutes a day. Maybe uh, something else that you could do is you could say, Hey Siri, remind me every morning to, to turn off the news. Because nothing on there is keeping your head up, is it? And say, hey, Siri, help me to turn off the news and help me to just, just or not help me, but tell me to remind me to pray at 7.30 every morning, Siri. Or, or you, could, you could bust out your old record player like my dad. Bust out your old 70s Christian albums. Walk around the house. Freak your kids out like this. Or you could just listen to a new Elevation Worship album. That would be an easier thing to do. But what are you doing? You're getting your loop back. And when you pour God in every day, enthusiasm is going to pour out. And so let me ask you this. Wouldn't it be worth giving up some daily comfort to get some daily enthusiasm back? Well, let me ask again because some of you are not sure. Wouldn't it be worth giving up some of your daily comforts to get some of your daily enthusiasm back? Yes. And maybe it's not spiritual enthusiasm that you've lost. Maybe you've lost enthusiasm somewhere else in your life, okay? Maybe you used to be like David. You used to like running about. battle. You used to run into work like, hey, I'm here. I brought Duncan today. But somewhere along the way, you got busy. Life got crazy. You had a kid or five, Burdukes. And life just got crazy and you kind of had a hard time like keeping your head up. And so how do you get your enthusiasm back? Here's here's my advice, is to go back and do the things you used to do. And I'll explain that, because that that advice actually isn't from me, it's it's directly from Jesus. When Jesus was talking to the church of Ephesus um, in Revelation, they had lost their enthusiasm. Here's what Jesus said to them in Revelation 2, verse 5. He said, consider how far you have fallen, because they lost their spiritual enthusiasm. So his advice is, repent and, and help me out, church, on three. One, two, three. Do the things you did at first. How do you get your enthusiasm back? You go back and you do some of the things that you did when you had that enthusiasm. How many of you remember, like, the very first time you exercised? Do you remember the very first time you exercised? How many of you are like, well, I've never exercised, so I can't remember nothing? (laughs) (laughs) More people. (laughs) That's great. I'm not making fun of you. I mean, you see my biceps? Me neither. Okay, so anyway. I do remember the very first time I ran for exercise, and what happened, it was my, my freshman year of college, and I didn't, like, exercise because I wanted to get, like, Marky Mark Jacked. It wasn't, like, anything like that. I just was, like, I saw this road, and I was, like, I wonder if I can run the end of that road, and so I didn't really know anything about running, and, um, and so my goal was to leave my parents' house and to get to the end of the stop sign down Sheep Pen Road. Can you tell I grew up in the country? Sheep. Pen Road. Anyway, there's some horse manure on that road, too. So anyway, so I just started running in my van's tennis shoes, and I just wanted to get to the end of the stop sign. And so I was like halfway down, and I'm like, this, I, I like this. And then I got to the stop sign, and I'm like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> but I still like this. And then I got back to my parents' house. Like I successfully ran from point A to point B back to point A, and it, my whole body hurt, but I was like, I think I like running. And so after that day, I started, like, waking up before college class and running. I bought these Nike Plus shoes, and it, like, tracked my runs. And I just started, like, running for fun. Like, nobody was chasing me. I just was running for fun. And, like, my shoes would track my runs. So the first year, I was like, I'm going to run 300 miles this year. And I did it. Then I was like, I'm going to run 500 miles this year. And I'm like, and I did it. And then I ran 700 miles one year. And then I was like, I'm going to run a 5K in under 20 minutes, which was a terrible idea. And I did it. Okay, I did it. But no lie, it was a Firecracker 5K right here in Rehoboth Beach. I got to the finish line in 19 minutes and 56 seconds, and I dry heaved in front of tw- like 200 people. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's the only time I've ever run in under 20 minutes. A 5K. But anyway, I love running so much that when we had kids, we got a membership to the gym because they had childcare, And so I started running on a treadmill instead of outside. And it was cool at first because there was a TV but the TV was always on HGTV. And for like two years straight, all I watched was Flip or Flop and Fixer Upper. And yeah, no, not after two years. Like, listen, I was like quoting Chip Gaines as he's saying it. Like you're watching too much Fixer Upper when you're like, okay, he's, he's about to say this. Oh, you better not put that there. Joanna's not going to like that. Anyway. So I just kind of like stopped liking running, and I stopped running as much. I didn't ever run outside. I just ran on the treadmill. I wasn't running as much. And then COVID hit in March, and my gym hit, and it shut down. And COVID-15 hit right here. You know what I'm talking about? And so one day, I was like, I'm gonna since I can't go to the gym, I'm just going to run outside like I used to run. And I decided, how cool would it be if I ran down Sheep Pen Road, the same road that I started running down 20 years ago. And so I got my shoes on and I started running. And as I'm like running down Sheep Pen Road, I'm kind of like, I remember this. I, I like this. I like running outside. And, and that day I fell back in love with running again. And I ran more during COVID than I have ever run before. Before when I was running all those miles, I ran way more. Like, And, and I saw some crazy stuff when I was running down the road, like one day I was running by Phil Hudson, our bass player's childhood house, and uh, I saw this big turtle on the road, I took a picture of it, saw this guy on the road, and I was like, oh, that's a turtle, and I like went to it, and it was like, (laughs) har! It's like, this is not a nice turtle, not a nice turtle, but I saw that, One, one day I was listening to Elevation Worship, just like getting my Jesus on, singing, and then I almost stepped on this right here. Wasn't singing Jesus No More, okay? I was like, and I took a picture literally right after I almost stepped on this. This is the picture right, right after I almost stepped on that. <laughs> That's my dear Lord. I'm sorry for the words I just said. Face right there. But I started falling back in love with running again because I did the same thing I did at first. And, and maybe you've lost your enthusiasm you know, maybe you used to be enthusiastic at home. You used to be enthusiastic as a parent. Like, you're the Instagram parent. You're like, you know, Instagram and their third bowl of cereal. Like, you already saw the first two. Here's the third one, okay? Maybe you used to be enthusiastic at work. Maybe you used to be enthusiastic in your marriage. Maybe you used to be enthusiastic, you know, for Jesus. But somewhere along the way, you lost your enthusiasm. And so what do you do? Here's what COVID taught me, running during COVID taught me. And here's what Jesus teaches us in Revelation When you lose your enthusiasm, you just go back and you do the things you did at first. You do what you did when you were enthusiastic. And so maybe you've lost your enthusiasm in your marriage. Maybe maybe you've had like one too many fights over whether the water should be hot or cold. But you want your marriage to be hot. And so what do you do? You go back and you do some of the things you did at first. You go on dates again. You, you call each other randomly again, you, you know, you send each other text messages, you make out on the couch. Ooh, you heard that from the pastor, write it down. But you get all the awkwardness, come on now. But you go back and you do some of the things you did. At first, may, maybe you've lost your enthusiasm at work. The same job, you were so pumped about getting, and you told everybody about, but then you lost your enthusiasm. What if tomorrow you went in like it was your first day? And you dreamed again. You got. You're the first one there. You like just went all out and went above and beyond at work. And you did what you did the first day you were at work. Well, what if maybe you've lost your enthusiasm as as a parent? Maybe you're just trying to survive. How many parents you're just trying to survive? Yeah. Here's my favorite picture of like what parenting looks like um, on the internet. Uh, So we'll put this on the screen. The kid laying on the ground. He doesn't want to go, even though we've repeatedly told him we're not going anywhere. Parents, how many of you know all about this? (laughs) Maybe you've lost your enthusiasm as a parent because you're in the Applebee's and your kid is flopping on the floor like a fish. Look at your kid or the fish, whatever. And you remember the very first time you saw that kid and what that did inside of you. Like I just think like that was one of the greatest moments of my life when I saw my kids being born. It's just go back to what you did at first. Maybe, most importantly, you've lost your um, spiritual enthusiasm. How do you get that enthusiasm back? Think back to when you first realized what God did for you. Go back to the moment where you realized that God gave up everything. He gave up His Son for you. Go back to that moment when you realize that God's forgiveness covers the past, it covers the present, it covers the future. And that will help you get your enthusiasm back. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're trusting God daily. That's what you did at first. You walk with God daily. That's what you did at first. And you worship God daily. That's what you did at first. That's how you get your enthusiasm back. You go back to do what you did at first. Because there's two types of people. There's people who let their circumstances, like, oh, we've been married a long time. Things are boring. Oh, my job is like Groundhog's Day. Oh, COVID-19, uncertainty, fear. There's people who let their circumstances shape their enthusiasm And there's people who use their enthusiasm, they're on theos, they're filled with God to shape their circumstances. And you walk with God like you did at first, and you trust God like you did at first, and you worship God like you did at first. Because there's two types of people. There's people who go after enthusiasm every day, and people who wait for it to come for them every day. You gotta go after it every day. And let me just end by saying this. Everybody in this room, you have a God who is enthusiastic about you. Everybody who's watching online, you have a God who is enthusiastic about you. And so every single one of us have a great reason to keep our head up. And I think Paul hit it when he said, one more time in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven 57 through 58, he said, but thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters in the basement, my dear brothers and sisters watching online right now, be strong and immovable this week. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing, nothing, nothing you ever do for the Lord is ever useless. So whatever you do this week, do it enthusiastically. If you've lost some enthusiasm in any area of your life, do what you did at first when you had that enthusiasm. And just remember that nothing you do for the Lord, nothing, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm just so thankful that... You gave us such motivating words 2,000 years ago. And there's some of us who, you know, we've lost our enthusiasm. I actually would say all of us in some area of our life, we've lost some enthusiasm. God, I pray that we will just remember that it's not what we do that makes it meaningful. It's who we do it for. It's you. And so, God, I just pray that as we go back into our workplaces, as we go back into our homes, as we go back wherever we're going, as we enter our relationship, with you, and we focus on you, God, I pray that we will just do whatever we do enthusiastically. Because when we do it enthusiastically, you see it, and it's not useless. It's useful. So God, I just pray that you'll give us a boost. You'll help us keep our head up. When everything around us is keeping our head down, we will keep our head up because we have you to look up to, and you give us power over sin and death, and nothing is greater than that. Jesus, we love you so much. We just pray this in your name. Amen.